You're listening to The Tactical Kitchen. I'm Melody Behrens, certified chef and nutritional therapy practitioner. And I'm Steve Behrens, 21-year special operations veteran and certified personal trainer. Together, we are here to share our experience on the ketogenic lifestyle. Don't forget our disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We're not doctors, and we don't play them on the internet. Now, let's get ready to chew the fat. Mmm, bacon. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the good old Tactical Kitchen Show post-Super Bowl. Oh, is it? uh, What are they calling today? Super Monday. Super Monday. I know. It was like they treated it like everybody was supposed to take the day off. Hey, I remember when I... uh, you know, partook in many Super Bowl festivities that I wanted Monday off. <laughs> you probably took Monday <laughs> off. I don't know. I mean, we still, it's early enough, unless you, well, I guess if you party hard, it's going to be a long night. Well, hopefully you didn't party too hard. And if you didn't even watch the Super Bowl, I hope you had a great Sunday because, you know, you can have one without a Super Bowl. Yeah, you didn't miss much. <laughs> it, it was a, um, it was a mediocre game, I guess. Yeah. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't, it wasn't the wasn't, Cowboys. So wasn't, who cares? wasn't a bad game. wasn't a great game. It was. It was a decent game. I'm not going to knock it. I was really glad that Andy Reid, the uh, Chiefs coach, was able to win a Super Bowl. That yeah, day. he was the the sentimental favorite going in because he had been there before and he was just he's just a good guy. Everybody likes him. So hey, we like you. Here's a Super Bowl. Have it. <laughs> Thank you, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> no, and everybody else. It was it was a fun game. I'm glad we got to watch it. Our day was really not any different. No, it was not. We had the same food pretty much we always eat. Yeah, I was kind of like, oh, the Super Bowl is coming. What are we going to eat? And then I was like, mm, probably the same stuff we eat every day. Pretty much eggs, sausage, and coffee, and then a ribeye, and... Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> now, now we know a lot of other people who who made some some special you know treats for the Super Bowl. You know that are kind of in the the keto carnival world, and that's cool. If you did, you know, we'd love to hear what the stuff you made. I wanted to, but I just was like, we've got all these steaks that were on sale, and we need to eat them. Yeah, I had this whole idea of like I'm going to make this and I'm going to do that, and no, I didn't do any of it because we needed to eat this. We needed to eat the ribeyes. Yeah, and plus... You can't waste ribeye. Plus, it was beautiful here yesterday. Like, one of those perfect days you get, you know, a couple times a year, it seems like. And we spent almost the whole day outside doing stuff. So, didn't want to be inside goofing off making food and stuff. No, who wants to do that? In fact, yesterday, it was so nice, I grilled hamburgers. (laughs) I grilled the hamburgers and cooked the steaks outside on the grill because it was just too pretty to waste that mm-hmm. opportunity. Because we are in Texas, so Wednesday, winter is coming. Yes. They're saying anywhere from an inch to a foot of snow on Wednesday. It was 70 degrees yesterday. <laughs> it was 76. It was beautiful. It was great outside. So, yeah. So, I mean, I hope the weather was great where you guys are. If not, hey, you know, move. What are you going to do? <laughs> Come to Texas. Come to Texas. You can have every season all in one week. Sometimes in a day. <laughs> it just depends. It's crazy. So, uh, so what fun stuff are we going to talk about today? Because we we have stuff. We do. We do have stuff. So I'm back to working out like normal. 
Like a normal human? Like normal. Normal for me, which is I did stuff on rest day yesterday, which I wasn't supposed to do. So back to normal me, overdoing it. <laughs> and um, But I didn't do too much. I didn't do too much. No, well, like, like we always talk about, if you don't have an event you're training for or, or something, a goal that you're focused on, just train however much you want. There is no requirement to go out there and kill it every day. You just have to be active, and that's what you're doing now is you're just gradually becoming more active after getting over some stuff, and, and you'll be 100% normal here pretty soon. Yeah, well, if any, if, you know, anybody who enjoys working out will understand when you've had to take off time from an injury. I know you fully understand this. Mm-hmm. Or when you've been sick and had to take time off. When you get back into working out, you're just like, oh, those endorphins. I missed you. I missed my <laughs> internal drug supply. Seriously, that's what it is. You get that endorphin hit when you work out, and it just, you feel so good. That's why exercise is so awesome. And, you know, it's just one of those things that I've been so looking forward to getting back into some brutal workouts. And you wrote a couple that were pretty horrible, and I really enjoyed them. Yeah. The only I don't enjoy when, you know, like running, when you spend the winter and you kind of like get out of the running mode and then, when you try to start getting back into it, it it really is like torture. It is. Starting over, it feels like starting over. It is. It's completely. starting over like every year and you're like, why do I do this every year? So I tortured myself some this morning. I didn't like it. And uh, so, you know, I was pretty frustrated with that. So I came back and, and lifted some weights. It made me feel better. <laughs> I felt better about myself. So I don't often do like much ab work and you had me do, you you had an ab work um, day on Saturday. Core day. Core day, whatever. I couldn't think of the word. And so I wanted to participate. So I tried to do it. I ran out of time, but because someone called, my son called and said, let's go have barbecue. And you quit working out when somebody says, let's go have barbecue. <laughs> and so I did only half of it. And I'm still sore. That was horrible. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? We yeah. can go just crush your core and, and make it hurt. Yeah, because I feel like I work my core a lot with all the like com- compound lifts and everything, but I don't often do core specific work, which now I think, wow, I probably need to do that. Hey, it's always fun to shake it up some. And, and that's the great thing about working out. There are so many different ways to do it. There's always something new to do or, or something old that's now new again. Um, that that yep. makes it fun. It does. So, so what else are we talking about All right. About so it was, there was a lot of stuff happened this last week, a lot of, a lot of uh, stuff to cover. Um, we looked at the uh, Dr. Paul Saladino. Dandino, Saladin- what's his name? Sal- Saladino, I believe. Saladino. Um, He's the carnivore MD on Instagram. If you don't follow him, go do that. He puts out tons of great info. So he was on the show, The Doctors, which is not a show I'm a huge fan of anyway, because um, when you you combine drama with, with stuff that is just medical, like, why are you doing that? Why? Well, our experience with watching the show was the one time that we saw it and they talked about the keto diet and the one doctor was like, you mean you got into ketoacidosis? It's almost like, I don't want to say they're dumb, but they say dumb things and it (laughs) drives me crazy because you're supposed to be doctors and you're supposed to be informing people, but to get up there and say things that are stupid and that's frustrating. So this was equally as frustrating. Well, I know it was. It was had to be so frustrating for Doctor Saladino because I watched the clip of it. I didn't know what it had happened, and I actually 
stumbled across this just on Facebook or something. Someone had posted it, and I watched the clip from YouTube on the, of the show, and it was just, it was appalling at how aggressive they were towards him. All I can really say is like that the carnivore diet message is getting out there, and I will let you know that if someone's not carnivore and they're a doctor, they get triggered. Oh my God, they lost their mind a couple times. Really, just just emotionally lost control. And this is a a thing that happens a lot with people who are uh, nutritionally deficient. <laughs> okay, so so if you can't control your emotions uh, with in a conversation. Um, you know, you need to make sure that you're eating properly because it means you have either some anxiety or, or you know, that's what being triggered is. You can't control yourself. And Dr. Uh, Saldino did a great job of remaining very composed and not, not losing his composure. Even when there's a lawyer on there or a judge or some lady, and she's a, a straight up biatch, man. She was being total freaking in his just, face. It was very, it was very um, just... It was hard to watch someone be berated like that on TV. I felt so much compassion for him. But I also know TV is TV, and they're going for ratings. And he's not hes not brought in as someone who they want to actually have a conversation with. He's brought in as someone they can like debate aggressively on TV for ratings. So you kind of understand that. And all I hope... Um, if you go watch it, there are also two sisters on there who did a, a carnivore diet and, and reversed their autoimmune diseases, and I believe they were sisters. Um, I may, may have that incorrect, but if you go watch the clip, you'll see they're very calm. They, they talk about their benefits. There was a lot of, you know, you don't have to remove plants out forever. It was like, but if you've struggled and tried everything, this is an option, and they were just not open to, the panel was just not very open to that. They were really aggressive towards him, not so much to them. They were kind to the, the two girls, but, you know, still they were like, but whatever. It was kind of like a tongue-in-cheek kindness, um, what you say, a left-hand compliment. Well, And, uh, you know, it was just... It was just really incredible The, the reason it's important and the reason you might want to watch it is because the type of criticism he had to endure is what you're going to have to endure if you ever bring up, just if, if you're keto or maybe if you're paleo or even if you're a carnivore, it doesn't matter. You're going to have these same types of, of arguments that are going to come at you. Like the first thing they do is they, they, they question your credibility. Uh, yeah, they really hit him. Like, how do you? Know, what makes you an expert? What makes you an expert? And and that's really the, the, what they were digging at is like, uh, he is a um, he's a psychiatrist. So he's a psychiatrist, MD. and you know, so uh, you know, deeper down, we know now, and they're discovering this that your diet is very prominent in in your mental health. Yeah, so it's completely this, connected. Completely connected. So this is right in his wheelhouse as far as far as what he should be an expert in. But they're going after you don't have a nutritional degree, okay? That's what they're trying to dig at. So what they're saying is, is if you didn't go to school and learn from other people about what nutrition is, then you can't be an expert, which is total BS. Don't let ever, don't ever let anyone tell you that, okay? Yeah, because the whole thing is, you know, I think we were talking about this earlier. When you go to get a degree, 
um, a lot of times that's that sometimes is even more detrimental because you look to that professor or whoever is 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 teaching this class that you're in to get your degree as an expert. And oftentimes, maybe you don't ask the right questions, or you get fed information that you know you never really question, and that information can be incorrect. And we see that in nutrition all the time. And so, you know, you get a degree. Does that make you an expert? No, it just means that you paid a lot of money for a piece of paper. You can go and get an education in so many different ways. Right. And th- this is where dogma comes from. When, when, when this, you know, hey, this is the way it is, and this is the way we've all, always done it, and they just pass down that knowledge, and no one ever questioned it, that's dogma. Okay? So you don't want to get stuck into that uh, not thinking outside the box. And this is where you can benefit because, you know, if, you're, if you didn't go to school for nutrition or, you know, you're not a doctor, but you are able to read these books, okay, uh, again, knowledge is not not stuck in the medical community. Like it's not like you can't grab a book and read it. You can read those books, and oftentimes you can approach it from a different angle, which sometimes is better than what how they see it. So you can learn uh, just about everything out there just by picking up or reading a book. So when somebody starts telling you that you're not an expert, uh, I you know I kind of understand. Right, you, maybe you didn't go to school and get a nutritional degree, but that does not mean that you can be just as educated or just as knowledgeable as that person in that subject. So so that argument really, really grinds my gears. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and, you know, the other thing is when they started questioning his credibility, what was interesting was that the woman who sat next to him, uh, in the seat next to him, she was apparently um, a nutritionist, a board-certified nutritionist, But what I found really interesting is that he was the only one that had two guests with him who had eaten a certain way and healed and reversed their issues um, that they were dealing with, their their disease. And none of the other panelists or the board-certified nutritionist had anyone with them that they had said, hey, eat this way, a certain way, um, and have had anybody that reversed their disease so there was no comparison of like you know he brought people they didn't so i look at results right results matter and so this is how how they they attack people that they don't like their argument they attack the credibility and then they try to assert authority over you that you have to listen to me because i'm better educated than you or i'm a board certified whatever um so they try to assert their authority and what melody said is the only important thing it's results it's whatever that you're doing, using, or applying actually produces results. Because here's what I'm going to tell you. Those doctors up there are, and that nutritionist, I guarantee their results are not as good as what his results are. And that's all that matters. You know, and it's it's just amazing that they will look at those girls who have, you know, reversed their, their autoimmune disease. I think they, one of them might have had lupus. I'm not really sure. I'm not 100% on that. I should have done a little more um, investigation on that before talking about it. However, um, as they're talking about how they've reversed their illnesses, they still come back with the, you don't really know 10 to 20 years down the road what you're doing to your health by eating this way. But wouldn't that be a weird kind of like, 
nature's way of totally tricking you if you ate a certain way and it healed your body, but then 20 years later, it totally straight up killed you? This is the dumbest argument that people always throw out is that there's no long-term studies. You know, people will talk about the keto diet. Keto diet's great for weight loss, but there's no long-term studies. And okay, and that's a lie. There are there are long-term studies. Verta Health is doing long-term studies. or They've done, I think they're three years now into one of their studies that shows that the keto diet is very healthy for you. There's a Another study on the uh, National Institute of Health that talks about, you know, the keto diet not being dangerous long term. Mm -hmm. And then plus there's all the stuff that uh, Wilhelmer Stephenson did back in the 20s. And and Dr. Saladino brought that up, that that was a long term, a one year long meat based diet study. And a lot of you have heard us talk about this before. It was the one where Wilhelmer Stephenson and his colleague... uh, um, Karsten. Karsten. Um, they went into Bellevue Hospital, and for a year, they ate only meat. No vegetables, no eggs, no dairy, just meat. And they had such great results in their health. You know, they came out with no deleterious effects from eating that way. But what the panel there on this show did was they said, yeah, but that was in the 1930s. Like humans have changed <laughs> since the 1930s. We're since so like different 1920, now. we've completely evolved into a different being. Yeah, we're so different now. You know, because evolution happens that fast. That fast, totally. Yeah. So, and, which and was a really asinine argument on their part. Dumb argument. They were all emotionally, like they were just emotionally out of control. And then the one doctor spouse off, there's thousands of studies that shows that eating fruits and vegetables are better for you. They're, they're not. There are not thousands and of studies out there. And he couldn't name there. one. Yeah, so he didn't name he a didn't single name one, one because they're not out there. The only real study ever done is the one that we just talked about because there is no clinical study where they locked people up and fed them fruits and vegetables. There's not one. No, there's not one where you've done that. So, And this, cause, and that's why the Stephenson's experiment was so unique because not hardly anyone, I know I'm not willing to do it and probably most of you are not willing to be locked up in a hospital and brought to have someone bring you your food daily, monitor all your activity, your sleep, everything about you for a long period of time, even two weeks. I'm out. I've been in the hospital recently for three days, and (laughs) I can just tell you if I had to be locked up for more than that, I would know. Uh -uh, There's no way. So on the same subject, I just read right before we came on, there's another so-called study out that says that eating uh, red meat and processed meat is bad for you. This is is as of of yesterday. So um, again, is it a study? It's an epidemiological study, which we call a food survey, which means they ask you questions and they control the questions and and they can control how you answer those questions. And then they can take that information and apply it to what they're trying to prove. And even at that, the the, uh, determination was it was a 3% increase in the possibility of heart disease. Okay. So that's almost negligible. Like it's almost not even worth worrying about. Well, and the difference here is, like we said, an epidemiological study is nowhere near as helpful or as informative to this topic as someone locking themselves up and having their food monitored for a long period of time and their blood you know, markers and just their overall physical health monitored in different ways you know, over that long period of time. Um, and then you have clinical trials, which are randomized, controlled clinical trials, and no one's going to sign up for that for a dietary 
no. um, you know, evaluation for that long or for a study. So no, there are no good studies. There are no studies. If you want it, to, it's a shame that we call these epidemiological things studies. Yeah, because they're not. Because they're really just reports. Right. They're just surveys. Like, hey, we looked at some people and uh, this happened. I mean, it could be how much, you, how far your commute was to work. It could be how much you sat during the day. All those things could also be included in a study like this and be used to say, hey, you know, by the way, driving 10 more miles to work a day causes your rate of uh, heart disease to go up 3%. Okay? Yeah. That's the same thing. So it, it, they're just, they're really not good things to lean on. And But what's going to get out there is the headline. And that's the way the media works. And that's the, media, <laughs> the way it's going to be. It's going to show that, oh, hey, by the way, red meat and processed meat. Kill, causes heart disease and is and they also said could be linked to cancer, and that's the biggest thing is that I, that if you don't know for sure if you don't know the mechanism the actual causation then you shouldn't be scaring people because that's all they're trying to do. Again, they're trying to scare you away from the food that's healthy for you. Yeah, and you know it's just interesting reading. I've been reading, uh, and I know you have too, the book by Wilhelmer Stephenson called "Not by Bread Alone," and. He, the way he talks about a lot of the Eskimo people that he lived with for, you know, like a decade, and then some of the Northern American forest Indians and how they lived. And he, you know, he talks a lot about all the foods they ate. They were not eating any vegetables. The interesting thing, I loved this, like the one time they eat, they might eat berries when they're fresh, when they can find these certain berries, when they're obviously when they're fresh. But um, sometimes they would eat the contents of a caribou stomach, and yeah. it contained like grass and twigs and things like that. But they did that because they mixed it with an oil, the seal oil or mm -hmm. some fish oil that they had, and they would they would make it just to just to kind of like eat the contents of the stomach. I don't really know what the reasoning for that was, but not he said not everyone did it. Some people opted to do that. In the community, and then other people would just eat the oil with their, they would just dip their fingers in the oil and consume it that way. So that was really the only account that he's had so far of them eating any kind of vegetation. Right, and 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 the interesting thing about this is this was over a hundred years ago that he did this, and the reason he did this is because at this same time period, people were pushing a vegetarian diet. And so there was a lot of question about whether or not you should eat vegetables or could you survive on meat. And the consistent consensus at that time was starting to grow that you should get away from meat. So this is why he went up there. This is why he went to live with the Eskimo to, to see, not to prove a point, he wanted to see what was true. So he spent, I think it was nine years up there. It was a long time. And so when he came back and he said that he lived exclusively off meat, no one believed him. So that's, that's what led to the study. So it's just the piece of information is, is we've been fighting this battle really for the over 100 years. Yeah, and it's, you know, and, you know, it's interesting because the same push is still happening today. It hasn't and, changed. And, you know, you've got this, you've got, you've got a few doctors, uh, him, and you had um, Dr. Uh, the Dentist. Why can I not think of his name? Price. Oh, Weston A. Price. Weston A. Price. I started to call him Vincent Price, but I knew that wasn't <laughs> right. <laughs> That's not right. That's Michael Jackson's song. Anyway, 
So you've got a few doctors, a dentist, and then, you know, he was an anthropologist. He wasn't even a doctor, Dr. Stephenson, so he taught anthropology. Right, yeah. He just he, he was just studied a, people. Again, he became an expert by doing things. He didn't go to college, okay? He went and lived with the Eskimos for nine years. I'm going to say that he's an expert that versus the person who has a degree on Eskimos who's never lived with one. <laughs> What's funny is through the <laughs> it's just amazing. Through the book they they uh they often talk about how how they don't trust dietitians. Yeah. Because I'm assuming it's the dietitians that were pushing this vegetarian kind of way uh, forward and they they question them. They're like this doesn't seem right. So um it re- really funny I came across that comment a couple times. Yeah, it's in the book a few times. So another interesting thing in the news, I guess we're doing a news segment right now, um, was Joe Rogan completed his carnivore month in January. Well, that segues right into what we're talking about is results, self-experimentation, and results. Those are the two things that really matter Um, because you figure out what works for you because what works for you might not work for everybody else or or what have you. And, And he did it, and he did it for 30 days and showed his results, and they were very positive. Yeah, I mean, he talked even about, he has an autoimmune disease called vitiligo, which actually, um, the pigment in your skin will go will will go away and you'll get white splotches. So he said some of that had even filled in and that he had lost some body fat. So he had some good results. I believe he said that he didn't know if he was going to continue. Um, and that's something that we're going to talk about as well. It's, yeah. it's February, right? Everybody's fallen off of their New Year's resolution wagon right about now, and that's that's where we're going. Um, and that makes sense. I mean, I mean, he said he lost Rogan. He said he lost twelve pounds, felt great, had great energy. The only thing that was negative was initially within the first couple weeks he had diarrhea, and that's common. That's super common with the carnivore diet because of that microbiome change. Yeah. And a lot of people experience that. You're you know, and everybody's different. Some people it lasts a little longer. Than it does with others. Yeah. It just depends. So, and he did say he's not sure if he's going to stick with it. And and people, again, online had asked me, so if it's so great, why is he not going to keep doing it? Well, I don't know. I he mean, didn't call us and tell us. He, he didn't probably, call me and tell me. He'll probably tell Sean Baker. I mean, I well, so what, what possibly could happen is, you know, and this is very common. People do things for a certain period of time and they'll feel better. And once you feel better, you get in this place of, oh, everything's great. You know, this is easy. You know, I feel great. And you get complacent. You get complacent with your decisions and you'll fall back and start doing, you'll fall back into your old habits. Right. And for him, it might just be a personal preference of like, I don't want to just eat exclusively meat. Even though I feel really good, I I just want to eat some other stuff. And that falls into the, is, do you have to, once you say, I'm going to try a carnivore experiment for 30 days, do you, are you locked in? Absolutely not. Are you going to, you know, can you go back and add foods in? Yeah. I mean, that's your decision. And so why he's doing it, I don't know. But yes, some people will make the decision to do it, and they'll make the decision that they're going to do it from now until infinity. (laughs) And what happens with that is life happens. Right. And that's where we want to kind of talk about what we want to talk about today is that when we made kind of these grand statements or had these ideas or even in our own heart and mind said, this is what I'm going to do from now on. And then something happens and you get off that wagon or you fall face first in a puddle. You know, you fall off the wagon. Yeah. 
Now, what happens next? Yeah, and we've talked about this before. Don't be carnivore to be carnivore or keto divore or, or keto or paleo just because you said it, you know, because that, that just that doesn't make any sense. So how do you how do you live your live your best life? I said it. Um, you know, or if you fall if you've done something for a month and, and you've kind of got away from it, how do you how do you get back on or how do you keep going? I, I think that's what we're trying to talk about. Yeah, so the tips, because this is the time of year, like we said, after you've made your kind of commitment, a lot of people made the commitment to go 30 days or 31 days carnivore for January. And now is the time when you come to that decision, do I keep going? It's February. Or maybe you just decided to change your whatever routine you had. You decided to eat more keto and something happened. Valentine's is coming. Super Bowl happened <laughs> yesterday. You fell off the wagon. Um, what happens? How do you get back on? Did you did you like lose all of your discipline? Were you undisciplined? That sounds like somebody's going to come after you and like you're going to be grounded. <laughs> right. Well, people always say they failed. I failed my diet. Yeah, I failed. No, life happened. And, and you know, something happened. You ate a food. It's not a failure. <laughs> right. And so the big thing is that we all know this, but you just get right back to your regular scheduled program at the next meal. Yeah, just don't worry about it and, and move on. Uh, you know, first of all, understand how that food made you feel. Did it make you feel bad? I think it's a good idea to really... Oh, Loud keto Man, that's train. A, that's a strong keto train today. Where's he gonna go? Celebrating the Super Bowl. Yeah, we get we, we get at least three good horns. Yeah. Unless he's really excited, and then it's like like. I know it's so annoying. It's awesome. <laughs> so anyway, um, what was I saying? You were talking about what you should do going forward. How that food made you oh, feel. Oh yeah, you need to write it down. That's one of my biggest things. That's why I keep cheap notebooks laying all over the place that I I write down. I keep composition notebooks, and I write down how I feel every day with foods that I eat, especially if I eat something that, and I'm not going to say if I become undisciplined. I'm going to say that if I, I get out of my structured eating, so I have a certain way that I know makes me feel the best when I eat that way, and if I get outside of that, you know, I want to know how did that food make me feel? Maybe I haven't had it in three or four months and I had it, you know, one time yesterday and I felt fine. What does that mean? I don't know. Maybe it means some gut health issues were resolved by, by the way I've been eating. Maybe I had that food and it made me feel anxious or not just, we're not talking about just bloating and gas or, you know, any of those like digestive issues we're also talking about mental health issues because like we want to circle back, nutrition has everything to do with mental health. It has so much to do with it because you can be presented with some really tragic things in your life. And if you have good nutrition, you're going to deal with those differently than if you don't. So, you know, when you eat, you notice if you become anxious or nervous or moody those are issues. They are. And and a lot of that goes back to, again, we talk about, you know, your, your food creates your emotions. Your blood sugar has a lot to do with that. So if you're eating in a way where your blood sugar is going up and down, number one, that's not healthy. And there's going to be some ill health effects with that. But that's going to affect your mood. So, uh, you know, if you get some, some bad news and you're in a bad mood, it makes it worse. Yeah. 
you know, or, but if you're, if you're one of those people that you eat a, a really good diet and your energy levels are even all day and you're sleeping very well, it makes it much easier to deal with any, any bad news that might come your way. Right. So, you know, the other night we ate some food that we normally don't eat. Um, I made keto fathead pizza for our son and we were having, we, we had to leave the house all at the same time. And we decided to eat a couple of slices of it. And I had it and I felt I felt fine. I didn't feel anything weird. Normally the cheese would have made my legs itch. And so one thing that I can write down now is that I had that, you know, that keto pizza that had dairy in it and I didn't have any kind of skin reaction, which is which is a lot better than what used to happen and when I would have that I would have like a terrible skin rash afterwards. Right. And, you know, and for me on the same thing, you know, that was only a couple days ago. So we had uh, a piece of fathead pizza, which has got dairy in it. Mozzarella lots, cheese. Lots of cheese. Okay. And then <laughs> on a Saturday night, we had a little bit of dessert, which is dairy. Mm-hmm. And then it was Super Bowl Sunday. So what do we have a little more of? Dessert. A little more dessert. So just when I, keto when I, whipped cream. It's just keto whipped cream. It's nothing big, but it's dairy. So what happened this morning when I went to go out and run? Uh-huh. My knee hurt. Okay, I ha- uh, my ankle hurt. When I started running, everything hurt, and it didn't get any better. So I have to make a, you know, most people would just say, oh, well, it, my body just hurts. I'm just old. Okay, that's just what it is. I'm old. No, my food caused that pain to come out when I ran. I guarantee you, because I made the decision today, after that run, I'm like, all right, that's it. I got to stop being so complacent and be a little more strict on what I eat and see how my legs feel in two, three, four days. Because it goes away pretty quickly with you. And, you know, that's interesting, though, because now we can't we, we don't do this very often. And we did strict carnivore for quite a long time and we removed dairy and now adding it back in, you still see some of the same negative effects of the inflammation or pain in the same areas and with me, I had the cheese, but I didn't have any kind of skin reaction. So those are things that we write down so that we know um, kind of how that food affected us, sleep, all those different issues that, that might come up when you have a food that's outside of your normal uh, eating pattern. And you recognize those things, and then you have to make that decision, is this food worth it? Because this is what my reaction is when I have it. So I had pizza on Friday. Let's say I did break out in a rash. Would I want to turn around and eat it again on Saturday? Probably not because I, I know that kind of that kind of irritation with the skin is very problematic and it, it interferes with my sleep and just my overall mood. So I don't want to do that to myself. So you start looking at how a food affects you versus like, is this going to make me fat or not? Which is how I used to look at food. <laughs> right. I only used to f- look at food in that way. Is this going to make me gain weight? And that was my only criteria for what I ate. And now my criteria is so different. I look at it. Are you going to affect my sleep? Are you going to make me bloated? Are you going to make me irritable and tired? And are you going to, you know, just any of those things. Right. Because that's, you know, you're looking at how that food makes you feel. And I go right back to if, if the, your food doesn't help you sleep, 
then you probably shouldn't be eating it because if you're not sleeping, you're going to be grouchier. You're going to have as much energy. Uh, all those things are going to come into play. Um, and, and also, you're not going to have the, the energy to really work out. Like for me, I mean, just go right back to it. This morning, I couldn't run very well because uh, I probably overdid the dairy. I, I mean, I, it was only a little bit. And it, I'm talking a very small amount. But for me, that's just the way it is. And I have to know that. So maybe one night wouldn't have had the same impact, but three days in a row definitely uh, did not do me well. So again, understanding your body is is a very important, and that's why we always say what works for me might not work for you, might not work for someone else. You have to uh, keep track of this like Melody does with her food log, and then over time you start to understand what your eating pattern is and what you can and cannot eat. Yeah, and how, I, I, the, and one of the biggest things, like you said, is sleep because... That's just like where the, that's where the money's at. I mean, that's where the repair is at. And sleep has been one of those things that I struggled with so much in the recent past. And lately, I don't even want to say how good it's been because I'm afraid it'll go away. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like superstition, but it's been so good. And, you know, I, I try to keep track of all the little things that I do so that I can see what that pattern is. And sometimes I'll just say, you can't figure it out. It's it's hard to figure out, especially as we, as women get older and hormones start shifting. It's not always going to be perfect, but there are a lot of things that you can keep track of that you can pinpoint and say, okay, that I know affects me this way. And it's just so important to, to make a note when you decide to try to start living a different type of lifestyle to encourage health and wellness. And then when you know you get into a situation where you go off that plan a little bit to know how a food affects you. So it kind of further instills in you a resolve to not go to that place again. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and don't be afraid to get out there and talk to other people and do some research and, and ask hard questions. Uh, we like hard questions. Oh, yeah. Because it makes us do further research. Uh, you know, we, we talk to a lot of people, and sometimes they'll, they'll ask us things that I honestly don't know. But, you know right. Why is this like this? Or why is this level this? Or, or anything. I don't know. So that makes me go back and open up a book and, and start reading. And again, you know, come at things from a different direction than maybe a doctor would come at. Because what do doctors do? They treat symptoms. Most of them. Most of them with pharmaceuticals. Yeah. So... Most of them are going to be like, oh, you have, uh, you know, high blood pressure. Here's a pill for that. Oh, you have, uh, you know, high cholesterol, which we know is not a big deal. Here's a pill for that. It's just, that's usually what they do. So uh, you don't want to be the person that just accepts that as the answer because they're not treating the cause of what got you there. They're only treating the symptom and that's not going to make you any better. Nope. It And, you know, if um, if you're looking at, okay, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know how to begin. So what we offer with the Tactical Kitchen is we offer 15-minute free consults uh, via the phone that you can set an appointment for. And if you're looking for that additional help through a health coaching, nutritional therapy, and even personal training online, we 
we are accepting new clients. So you can go that route, um, but there is so much, also so much free information online that you can start looking at. And I know that a lot of you guys who maybe tried carnivore for the first time at the beginning of this year, you might have had a lot of weird stuff happen. Um, so we talk about the diarrhea, but there's a whole lot of other weird stuff that happens and people tend to look at the carnivore diet and go, well, the carnivore diet caused that. But when in reality, it's a detox effect from previous diets that you're dealing with. And just knowing that you have someone that you can talk to about these things and that can pinpoint them for, for you and help you navigate that world is usually super helpful. So whether it's us or someone else and you are in a situation where you have real health concerns, it is a good idea to get a nutrition coach. It is. That's your health consultant, which is what your doctor is. Uh, you know, you should not misunderstand when you go see a doctor, you're paying him to be your consultant. Um, he's not your boss. Okay. He's helping you with your health. Sometimes you need a nutritional therapist because they uh, focus specifically on just how to fix things nutritionally. They're not going to give you any pharmaceuticals to fix problems, okay? There is no magic pill. So they're going to work with you, you know, independently. And you should interview more than one because you want to find someone that you can work well with because that is your consultant. You're hiring someone to consult with your health. And there is nothing more important that you should spend your money on than your health, Except for maybe CrossFit shoes, I don't know. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> or, or, or for me, maybe, maybe you want to buy some truck parts. Who knows? <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Absolutely true. Yes, you're. You are your best investment, and whether that is just time of reading, or it's actually employing someone to help you whether it's a nutritionist or someone else. I mean, it's just, it's so important because you only got one body to live in mm -hmm. and yep. you, you, got, you know, you got to learn to take care of it. Oh, it, you know, it could be that $10 book that you buy at the used bookstore over nutrition. It could be the, the red light therapy that you buy. It could be the Fitbit to track your steps. There's a lot of things you can do to improve your health. Yeah, I wanted to talk about the red light therapy, but we're going to run out of time. We've we got already, no time. We got. We're gonna. We don't want to go too hold long. On, hold on, I can. Let me do. Let me Steve it. Red light therapy is good. All right, <laughs> talk about that. <laughs> I know that's Steve's version. I usually talk too long, but red light therapy. If you're looking into that, I just. From my own experience recently, since we got one around Christmas time, I love it. I've, I've grown to really love taking that five or 10 minutes throughout the, you know, a couple of times a day and getting into that red light therapy. I feel like that's something that has improved my sleep. It's uh, it's one of those things. And again, we're, we're, there's not a study I can point to that's like, yep, that's it. This is results. If you do something and it, and it gives you results, then that works, okay? Yeah, like when I got up at 8 o'clock yesterday morning. You did what? Because I slept late, and I never do that. And, I mean, I just slept really well. It's just incredible. I'm so happy about that. You can't put a price on good sleep. If you're having sleep problems, hey, let us know. We can help you work them out. And that's all I've got to say about that. That's all i got to say about that. Um, okay, great. Well... We appreciate you guys listening. Uh, we hope you have a great day. Go out there, eat fat, and prosper. Thanks for listening to the Tasco Kitchen. Hit subscribe and leave us a review.
Don't forget to send your questions to btkquestions at gmail.com and visit our website, thetacticalkitchen.com.